Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi, film fans, music fans, both fans. It's Edith here with my weekly podcast, Soundtracking with Edith Bowman. Uh, where I dive into the wonderful creative minds of various people who have various jobs in the world of film, music and TV and try and talk to them about the very unique relationship that music has with the moving image. And it's so nice to get various responses from you guys about specific episodes or specific pieces of music that you hear So I really appreciate when you take the time to reach out. Thank you so much in advance. Um, And thank you for choosing to listen to this episode. And I'm really excited about this episode because I recorded this interview ages ago, like I think at least four months ago. Um, So I've been gagging A, to get this interview out, but also B, for you guys to see this film because we have a proper legend for you on this latest episode of Soundtracking. And I really hope that this is the first of many opportunities that we have to talk to him, to be honest, because there is so much to dive into with the great Sir Kenneth Branagh, who I have to add also happens to be one of the loveliest people you could ever wish to interview. So good. I just was very sad that our time was so short. Anyway, as I said, I caught up with him ages ago to discuss the release of the brilliant Belfast, a coming-of-age comedy drama, musical comedy drama. I mean, there's, well, there's obviously music in it and there's a particular performance in it, which is just stunning. And it's just a fantastic film. It's a beautiful ode to his hometown, which he both wrote and directed. And I think it's really special. Highly recommend getting to your local cinema to see it, if you feel safe enough doing so. And apart from anything else, you get to hear loads of classic Van Morrison uh, because Van also scored the film and the film also features loads of his tunes like this one, Bright Side of the Road. Congratulations on Belfast. It's Thank you. It's truly, truly wonderful. It really is absolutely stunning. It's There's so much about it that I loved. I mean, I laughed, I cried. I had all the emotions, to be honest. Fantastic. Um, That's a thrill. But the hear. music in this particularly, you know, we have this fantastic opening that with Van Morrison accompanying us as we take a trip through the Belfast of today. And then it kind of, you know, takes us over the wall and back into to your childhood. And I've got to ask about, I'm going straight in with the Van Morrison question, to be honest, in terms of why he was, well, I mean, there's an obvious reason why he was right for this story, but particularly for you and your, because this is so personal, 
Why was he right, both in terms of using his existing music and asking him to compose specifically for it? Well, the obvious reason is the strong one. He's from Belfast, and and when we were when the events of this uh, story take place, 1969, he'd been, I think, uh, a sort of world figure for a couple of years since the release of Astral Weeks in '67, uh, with um, songs on it like Madame George that were uh, about Belfast characters. That just it's very hard. It was already astonishing to think that this combination that he uh, that he already embodied of a a voice that felt like it could come from just some sort of eternal place of soul um uh, soul music and also a depth uh and then that he could somehow you know work his way around sort of popular melody as well he's always had a great gift for melody and then and then these sort of personal flights of personal discovery about characters or about a city he's always been I remember it years later when I was in England and, and staying up to hear uh, uh, John Peel and um, there was this song called Rave On John Dunn. I thought, how, how, how is, I mean, how is that on a radio pop program? Because we're just about to do the metaphysical poets because it, like, it sounds like a rock slash pop song to me, but is it, and, it, and in Rave with John Dunn, it just, there's an imagination that is a one-off, you know? Rave On John Dunn. Rev on that holy fool. Down through the wicks of ages in the moss pond, dark, dank pools. Rev on down through the industrial revolution, empiricism, the atomic and nuclear age. Rev on down through time and space, down through the corridors. Rev on words on printed page. Ravon, you left us infinity and well-pressed pages for the field. Drive on with wild abandon, up-tempo, frenzied hills. So he, he, that first song that starts the movie is an original song that he's written uh, for us called Down to Joy. And it's, it sort of embodies the same thing. Great instant tune. Uh, so, you, you know, he's a toe-tapper when he, when he wants to be. But he's got soul, and he talks about and he and he uses the word profound in what you might say. Well, this is just this is a pop song, isn't it? But he's talking about profundity inside a pop song, and not just getting away with it. It's just like it's folded in. This part, this is part of what Van Morrison can can do, you know, in his in his own way. And I remember it's the beautiful thing about great artists. Before he sent it over, because he I'd met him, he'd read the script. Uh, he was very interesting about it, and 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 he wanted to know a lot, and and he wanted a little bit of a brief, and I gave him a started really to give him a bit of a brief about a couple of things, and he said, "Great, great, that's fine, got it," uh, and so <laughs> and, I, and I found that that when the, the the really great they just do they've got it so, and then he, he calls me a week or two later, he said, "You know, send in something over." I think, yeah, I think you're going to like it. And he said that with, and I rang him immediately. And said, "We like it. You were right. We really like it." And <laughs> he, he somehow knew how to uh, how to start the film. When I was coming down 
Something about, you know, his his uh, he called himself a corner boy, um, yeah. somebody who like the kids on the streets there who found musical inspiration early doors by the simplest instruments you might have a harmonica uh, or just banging on something percussive, and uh, and also as you probably I'm sure you you know you, you've forgotten more about music than I'll ever know, but but he also had his father brought um, records back from trips abroad of, of American artists that voice. I'll give you an example of when when Van Morrison sings a, a familiar Irish air like Carrick Fergus. I don't know if you're familiar with that song generally, but it's been many, many, many cover versions of it. Upbeat, mm-hmm. very folky and all the rest of it. When Van Morrison sings it with the chieftains who are playing that harp, so it's like two titans together, reducing something in the sense of refining it like a beautiful sauce in cooking. When he starts singing, I wish I had you in Carrick Fergus, and by the time we get, but the sea is wide and I can't swim over, he's made that, I, I'm already, I feel like I'm in a Shakespearean tragedy. It's so rich, he breaks your heart with a very, you might say, simple tune. And so Van brings depth to and simplicity and, and elevates both things. I wish I had you in Carrick only four nights in Ballygram. I would swim over the deepest ocean, the deepest ocean to be by your side. But the sea is white. transportative is what he's able to do is you kind of almost feel like you're on a musical flying carpet with him great way Um, of putting it yeah I think it's just he just has this ability he's kind of like right come on hop on you know I was just listening actually this morning to some old demos that are on a a, an album that's on Spotify this morning and I love that they're available and you can hear the rough and and readiness but there really is no difference to that and to something that's been polished and produced you know to a proper yeah, release yeah. state with him he's yeah. he's quite magical although i have to say slightly terrifying i've never had the joy of interviewing him but uh, i do remember in being in the company of people who have and just kind of going they're all just like oh i've got to go and interview van <laughs> slightly terrified of it but i kind of like that sort of enigmatic sort of thing that he's created around himself in a way it's kind of it's it's great he says that the myth about him is that he's grumpy. But I, 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 I don't know the truth, but I know that I was fairly intimidated when, when <laughs> going to. Well, I had to, I had to call him on the phone first, and then, I, and then I met him a few times. What I'd say, I've rarely met somebody who is so 
Uh, I mean, he's just an artist to his fingertips. So he's on a sort of, this is what he was put here for. These are the, mm-hmm. these are the, the tracks, the train tracks he's on. And as you say, it's, uh, you know, it's taking on a flying carpet of his imagination. He has to do it. It has to come out of him. And it's, his interests are so wide and various. He's very smart. Uh, as he said to me, anyway, he said, I don't, we don't really do things. I do things in one, in one. Well, you know this because how many sort of reveries have there been on a, on a Van Morrison track? Or if you're ever hoping that the version you heard on the record is going to be anything like the one you hear live. I mean, forget it. You you go on the adventure with him. You know, he might come back to that version a couple of years from now, but just it's always going to be it's always exploring. And it's not it seems to be never for never for sort of sort of for badness. But he just you say transportative. But of course, when we see him perform, he becomes transported. Um, He's one of those people who who is the vessel for the music. And I've also never understood quite so clearly as it applied to the songs in, in Belfast. Uh, the way in which a single voice, sometimes with his own big brassy accompaniment, but often quite simple, uh, but where the, the voice is an entire orchestra uh, mm. in, in, in its own way, and where yeah. he's, he's often supremely, as an outsider, I'm, as far as I can understand it, supremely musical, but then he just, uh, he, he's he's definitely someone who embraces the idea of imperfection. And, and what that correlates to when it comes to music supporting a film is a human quality. So this film wears, it, wears its heart on its sleeve, and I mm-hmm. think Van Morrison's music does the same thing. Uh, when, yeah. when he, he's unabashed about that because he's already moved on. He's already, yeah. he's already 12 versions or 15 <laughs> new songs ahead of you by the time you go, oh, did that really cost you, Van? Yeah, back then, bye. <laughs> these songs that you've used in there you know Stranded and uh, Jackie Wilson Said and uh, Days Like These Bright Side of the Road and then accompanying all those you have this fantastic score that he's created which is this I couldn't quite work out if it was is it a, a muted trumpet or it's beautiful and I like as well how it's in slight it's not in period if that is so to speak you know in terms of 
that just really works because I just think it makes the film absolutely timeless as well. It, it's it's uh, it's really thrilling to hear you say that. I mean, it's it, it's saxophone and electric piano and a little bit of uh, brass, and it was a, born out of um, saying to Van, "Well, how, how you know how do you want to do this? Do you want to wait? Do you want to see everything? Do you want to write specifically for everything, or do you?" You've, he was very articulate about the screenplay. I said, "But maybe maybe there is maybe you have something to." I said it's hard not to sound so pretentious, but I said if it, if if, it, if I can put it this way, I'd never really briefed a musician like this before. I said, but if it if it kind of speaks to you, is if that makes if it speaks to you already, then maybe maybe you have maybe there's something to say now in advance of uh, of shooting. I said for what it's worth, I hear I hear a sort of you know, of course I'd be saying this to you, Van, you know, a sort of solo saxophone, and and then. And then he said, that's right, leave it there, leave it there, leave it with me. Um, so, so then he, he went off and he, and he sent about half an hour's worth initially of uh, this kind of memory fugue. Because he had a lot of sympathy with the screenplay. He felt, although he, he still lives part of the time in Belfast, and I've been away a long time, but he felt as though the story articulated something that I think he had, you know, is, is not haunted by, but his relationship to home is complex and he's been away a lot and all the rest of it. And he said, um, he said, I'm, he said, I'm amazed really that you, you, you've managed to, you know, articulate this uh, with words. Yeah. And I was of course, deeply thrilled to hear this, but then this music score came through. So he sends me half an hour. I thought, talk about being able to articulate something in your chosen medium and somehow as soon as I started hearing it before putting it against picture at all, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the, I'm, I'm at the end of the street or I'm hearing Belfast mm-hmm. at twilight, or I'm hearing some of this sort of this beauty and this emptiness as a longing and as a hope in it. And there's also this sort of, you know, sometimes sad, pragmatic understanding that, you know, some change will happen and some won't. And just a sort of a weight of thought that is part of the Irish condition that uh, Van Morrison has his own unique musical access to. And he, and he found his way to it with this. And then he was very open about, about uh, changes. Again, I'm very, very hesitant about talking to the guy because he's like one of those he's like uh, he's like we've talked about this before is like fast startup actors well i'd say van is a fast startup composer you don't need to say much and he's vroomf. and he, uh, we began to get a bit of a, a, a thing going and i think he saw a cut with this with, with down to joy the song at the beginning laid against picture and he rang me over he said do you think god needs a bit of brass there uh, I said, I think it. I think I maybe maybe it could, uh, Van. So if you wanted to, if you wanted to go to your to your brass cupboard, you 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 certainly could. And then he, so and it's so great because you get you see those cranes and you hear this, and it's just it couldn't be anybody else. And also couldn't anybody else in terms of writing the music or anybody else playing the bloody thing. You know, so that that so he kept putting his hands around it and inside it, and and in a way that was sort of owning owning the sound of the city. Mm. There's so much about it. I want to I want to talk to you about as well. But I I love as well. I used to I did a radio show on Radio One for years with a with Colin Murray from who's from Belfast. And so how are you was the was kind of you know and and that's one of the first things that, I love that as well. That it's one of the first things that you hear someone say as well it's kind of how are you and it's like yes I'm there um, and there's just some but the, the tone of it is so great because 
like what you said, Van said, how you were able to articulate, you know, this situation within this film. But within it, you still have this great, like the priest scene as well. Protestants, you will die. It's just like, (laughs) welcome to church. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then little Jude, who, oh my gosh, where did you find him? When he says, I've had enough God for one day. It's just (laughs) crying with laughter and then crying with, you know, with kind of emotion as well. And then Judy at the end with, you know, go. And just that pause between when she says the next go, uh, don't look back kind of thing. It's like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Um, I know this has been in you for a long time to write, but it sounds like it didn't actually take that long for you to write it when you actually started. Just no, I think it, you did it or? I, yeah, I think it, 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 I don't know, pouring out of me, but it did, it did have a sort of natural something to it. Once, once I suppose, I realised that I was maybe uh, to some extent writing about um, another kind of lockdown, being written in lockdown about another kind of lockdown. And that there was something, um, yeah, there was something about sort of uh, honouring the time and honouring the struggle and honouring the sacrifice, which uh, ultimately, you know, my parents made amid many, many other people. uh, uh, You know, it changed my life forever, but obviously it, 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 it changed many 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 people's lives in ways that you know reverberate profoundly Mm -hmm. to today and somehow every time it felt like it'd be a bit too much or if I felt like it was closing off and it was going to be too personal or too sort of um, particular to me I felt that that uh, Belfast humor that keeps undercutting. Um, what, one of the things they, they did a marketing preview of this and, and one of the things that the audience really liked about the film was that tonally they, uh, they felt as though they got to know the Irish a bit better because it, every time it was going to be too sad, it just got to be uh, funny, even though the humor would be would dark. And, and, and this was my experience of the way people dealt with very difficult situations, sort of rough, robust humor. My God, the Scots have it in, in, in spades as well. But the particular Belfast version of it was something that I found quite restorative as I was doing it. And, um, and in a way, so the writing of it was quite emotional. I showed it to my brother and my sister that I would never have gone ahead with it if they hadn't liked it. And they, they did like it. Mm. And then making it somehow was because of COVID much more sort of practically led. There was just a lot of, problem solving to do um, but you were thrilled to be able to do it but it's only actually in sort of finishing it that actually since then really it's become a much more emotional experience for me I still find it a quite a tough watch for me um, and I find generally that you know uh, one is a uh, as my mother would say I, I, I you know I, I fill up um, I get very, I get very full uh, when I when I think about it, and all the effort that's gone into it and when for, for me it's a genuine it's genuinely extraordinary to have a film where van morrison has done the music you know that's a if nothing else had happened in my life that would be a a big tick in the the box of you know fantastic creative experiences and and that those conversations were were great as i say with somebody who uh you know i thought i was pretty focused jeez Mm. you maria van morrison is a laser I had to apologise to the person who was two rows in front of me for the amount of singing along that I was doing throughout the screening, which also involved Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Danny Boy. Uh, oh, and, God. And then Everlasting Love. That scene is so... I was sobbing at the Everlasting Love scene with Jamie uh, and Katrina, who are fantastic in this film. 
And I think there's so many reasons why. And one of those, I think, is because of what what we've been through over the last two years. It's just the idea of being in a ballroom with a live band playing and yeah. dancing and, you know, being free. And, oh, yeah, uh, it was, yeah. it's a beautiful scene. One Thank of many, you. One of many um, beautiful scenes. And one of the things we did there, actually, uh, either naughtily or helpfully, uh, w- with knowing that it was igniting the kind of thing that you spoke of and is, again, part of what many cultures do in different ways. But essentially, once you've gone to the very sad place and you have mourned and you have felt the sadness, you need to kick loose after that. Or at least if you don't do that, what do you do? And it, sometimes it's like an equal and opposite reaction. As sad as we have been, we now need to be as crazy as we can be we need to physically move and we need to make noise and and um one of the things we did there with that amazing great pop song isn't it uh, uh love mm, affairs so everlasting love and we but we added in with the with the permission of all the rights holders uh, uh, some additional van inspired brass underneath it for some of that anthemic stuff that that is in there but we just lifted it a little for the for the story and it was i thought it was a lovely lovely touch everybody let us have the master tracks of these songs so we could wow. you know fix it for the uh, for the for the for the particular mix of the music and that one we knew was doing like an incredible em- emotional job that the audience kind of needed to feel just like the family had also the opportunity to do the air horn section which i'm very much looking forward to doing at my first party that i attend yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, we've run out of time, um, but um, it's been an absolute treat to, to get to chat to you. And I, I, I can't wait to see it again, to be honest. Oh, thank you. Um, it, yeah, it, and it's just wonderful. Great. And I'm so I'm so thrilled because I don't know if you bump into him or your mates down there, but I'm so thrilled with what Jamie's done and, and um, they've all done a great job. But yeah. it was fantastic to see him. And on the road, he and I have both been a bit emotional about the whole thing and and yeah. uh, you know he lost his pa not Dad, so long yeah. ago and so when he watches this film he's got that to sort of process as well but he he's he's very proud of it and i'm very we're super lucky to have him so anyway if you bump well, into him down stroud high street when you you know i will i'll see him at school drop off so i'll tell him okay um, <laughs> you take you. care it's lovely right. to see you and congratulations you. thank kenneth bye-bye <laughs> As featured in Belfast, that is Everlasting Love, performed by Mr. Jamie Dornan, so brilliantly, uh, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Sir Kenneth Branagh. My huge thanks to Kenneth for taking the time to talk to us. Belfast is on general release now, though sadly Van score is as yet unavailable, so watch this space. Um, head to edithbowman.com to catch up with all of our previous episodes, uh, including my chat with Jamie Dornan. And be sure to subscribe whilst you're there so as not to miss any in the future. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And have a little look at our YouTube channel too, where you'll find Soundtracking Extra. We'd love it if you could subscribe to that and you'll get notified when I finally get round to putting up any new material, which I promise is coming in the next week. 
Next up, the hilarious, the brilliant, the hugely talented Garth Jennings returns to the podcast to talk about Sing 2. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs> 